Again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Cranked and Ranked. Obviously, welcome back if you've listened to this before. If you haven't, welcome to Cranked and Ranked, the show where we rank rock and metal-related shit and other shit. More coming. That we're, we're, we're branching out. Uh, but as usual, it is me, old head, or Steven, with me as always, Mr. Eddie Sparks. Hello, sir. What's up? Hey. <laughs> that was a good one. So, yeah. That was real. That, that was a pretty good one. That was nice and throaty. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that I think the the waza. I think years from now people will keep saying that and have no idea that it came from like a commercial. Yeah, like, isn't that you know? I don't even remember what the commercial was for. I just remember the waza. It was like Seven Up or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm racking my brain. I I think it's just become a part of. It's like a pop culture icon but no one's quite sure where it came from <laughs> yeah it's it's so funny because like you, you see a lot of these movies and shows where there's a lot of references to pop culture and you're like well which of these references is going to remain relevant and which are going to be ones where people go what what the f- was that a joke yeah i don't understand it <laughs> anyway uh speaking of things still being relevant uh we're going to be talking about some older music um not not super old, depending on how old you are, uh, but we are going to be ranking. We're doing another year this episode. We're ranking our top five albums from the year 1996, which was the year I graduated from high school. And so it's a very uh, it's very personal. I have a lot of nostalgia and a lot of emotions involved with this particular episode. Um so you were you were not even born in 1996. Yeah, I had two years to go, and then I yeah. showed up. <laughs> and um, 96 was an interesting year because the more that I dove into looking at the albums, the more I realized that 96 really, for me, was the last year that I was very excited about music, like new music. Yeah. Like, I, 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 like th- something happened post-high school where I still was really into music and I played music. I was in bands and all this shit. But for some reason, the the spark wasn't there. because I, And I don't know if it was because of the music industry and what was happening in music, or maybe you get older and you're just not that impressed with shit anymore. But, um, but 96 seems to be the last year that there are those albums that I just go, oh, fuck, I rem- yeah, I remember when that came out. It blew my mind and, you know, shit like that. Yeah. Um, but you don't have that experience at all. You're like, you're, you're a, this is a, you're a total latecomer to all these albums, <laughs> um, whatever they might be. Um, I'm going to, so, so this was very hard for me. Um, this was a very hard, I literally, so I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that this is a top 10 for me, um, because I could not whittle it down to five, but I'm only going to talk about five in depth, right? I have my five runners up, you know, we do, we do the honorable mentions, but these to me are just the second part of my top 10. I'm just going to blow through them kind of quick because I could not edit albums and I just went, screw it, screw it (laughs) because it's, (laughs) it was too hard for me. Um, 
And so, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. Anything else to say before we jump into our albums from 96? Uh, I've got five that I like. I, I mean, like I say, it's very similar to you with the top 10. So should we just rattle off the honorable mentions right now and then go into it? Because we've both got no. five each now. Why don't we save them till the end? Do the honorable mentions at the end. That's true. I didn't know whether or not we were still doing that. Because I know last time we forgot to do it. <laughs> we forgot to do it last time, but it felt more organic that we didn't do it. Fair. Um, in this particular case, I just feel that there's so much good shit that it, we have to talk about it. Yeah. So um, we'll just we'll just stick to how we were doing it before, where we kept our honorable mentions to the end. Once again, you get to hear a Crankton Ranked meeting um, on the episode <laughs> where we, <laughs> we, we things we should have discussed outside of the episode you get to hear you are a fly on the wall that's a spe- it's for our special patreon listeners <laughs> which we know we know we don't have a patreon we do have an only fans though oh and we will be we will be putting that link out soon and there will be some spicy photographs on there anyway so <laughs> Um, once again, that would hustle. be <laughs> that, that, once again that'll be called um, cranked and wanked. <laughs> oh man! Every time I say that, like uh, I ripped off your joke, but yeah. I still make you laugh with your own joke. It's so great. <laughs> I'm just too funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you are. It's true. All right, so 1996. Uh, let's just go ahead and get started with our, our top five albums from 1996. As usual, I'm letting Mr. Eddie Sparks take the lead. So, uh, let's, let's start with your number five. Cool. So my number five album from 1996, I had to go for Alice in Chains Unplugged. Oh, okay. I should have known that. (laughs) That seems like an obvious one for you. Well, this one to me is, of all the Unplugged shows, this is my favorite. And I felt Uh like I got to include this. Like it, It doesn't represent the band's sound as a whole, but it does at least highlight how excellent the band's songwriting skills are. Like, the way these songs translate in both electric and acoustic settings just shows how great a band they are. I know like mm-hmm. some of the heavier moments sound kind of odd to be um, like Sludge Factory, for example, but I, I still really like how you can hear, even when it's stripped back, there's so much power in the performance and, and Lane, even like... I mean, he's pretty gnarled up at this point, deep mm. into his addictions and things like that, but he's still an absolutely awesome vocalist. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just really like this one. I, I especially enjoy watching it though. Like if I'm gonna yeah. if I'm gonna listen to this, I'm gonna watch the um, DVD version. Um, yeah. And that, and this was, if I remember right, the last no, it wasn't the last recorded thing with Lane. It was those two songs from Music Box that I think were the last, or Music Bank. Yeah. They I th- were the last two things. I think, was this the last live show they played, though? It may have been. I do know that they didn't really, I don't think they toured for the self-titled album. No. I yeah. think they did random shows, but I think that was it. And this may have been the last one. I, I, I'm not really sure, but... I think, they may, I think they crack a joke about it in the performance where they, where they say... I think Lane says to the audience, 
this is the best show we've done in three years. And then Jerry, <laughs> and then Jerry chimes in and says, it's the only show we've played in the last three years. And, um, yep. yeah, <laughs> cause they, cause they were famously, they were a band that I was supposed to see live, but they dropped off the bill, uh, opening for Metallica. And that was 94 though. Yeah. That that happened. But Candlebox, um, wasn't but, it? That took their place. Well, if, if I remember right, Candlebox was already scheduled to play that, at least when it rolled through my town. Right. And I think the band that was added on was Fight, Rob Halford's band. Ah. I might be wrong, but in my, in my memory that's kind of cloudy now, um, I seem to remember that the, the Alice in Chains was on the bill along with Candlebox, but I might be, I might be wrong about that. Fair. Um, and I've always said that I, I feel bad that I didn't give Candlebox a fair shot. I was just pissed off that I wasn't seeing Alice in Chains. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Unplugged album is it's it's great. Like the when we did the Alice in Chains ranking, which we did way early on in our episodes, um, it was my I believe it was my last place album. But only because yeah, when it comes to being representative of Alice in Chains, I don't think that it's 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 good. It's a great album. But I do feel like the – I think my, my, my problem with, with, with a lot of it is the fact that Alice in Chains were very good at doing acoustic songs, clearly, when you listen to Sap and Jar of Flies and random other songs. But I feel like they nail it so much when they do songs that are supposed to be acoustic that when they do their heavier songs, I want those to be heavy. Yeah. So I, I do appreciate different versions of songs. Bands can do what the fuck they want. If they're going to do different versions of their own shit, I would like it to be totally different instead of just a direct cover of a song. But, um, but yeah, when it comes to the unplugged thing, it's mostly just because if I want to listen to Alice in Chains, I'm not going to listen to that. Yeah. But if that is on, I think it's very good. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, like I said, it's more of a watch kind of deal. Yeah, as much as it is a listen, because uh, if I'm like you know driving anywhere, um, I'm not. I'm gonna want the heavy stuff, or I'm gonna want mm-hmm. the studio EPs and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, if I'm at home and I'm and I kind of want like a chilled out thing, but I still want to enjoy some like kind of grungy stuff. As a disc, I definitely, I definitely whack on and be like, oh hell yeah, and then and then and you I'm, whack off, and then I whack off. <laughs> <laughs> cool well that's that that's a good start for uh for 1996 that was um uh yeah i mean i I remember when that when that special came on in 96 and it was uh it was a uh, I, I i mean I, I think it was the only one in a long time that i had actually watched because the unplugged series had become something where i'm just like eh, i'm not really interested anymore right. but i did but i did like that one um my number uh, five is the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Wow. Um, it's loud and heavy. Um, my number five from 1996 is the album Roots from Sepultura. Nice. And this is one This is one that actually switched places. So this one was in my honorable mentions five and not in this five. But then the more that I thought about these albums and with my ranking, I decided to take into 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 consideration how I felt about them at the time, how much effect they've had over my life and how long they've stayed with me and how, and then how do I feel about it now kind of objectively looking at it? Because a lot of these, there's a lot of nostalgia and with Sepultura, with with roots, um, 
the nostalgia is not really that big a thing. It's an album that actually has just stayed relevant with me over the years. Yeah. And it's just because I love that progression of Sepultura through Roots. Um, I'm never going to talk shit about the Derek Green era of Sepultura. I'm just not as big of a fan, mostly because they're they're all good albums, but it's more of a the progression doesn't go you can't fully track it in a, at an upward angle. It's kind of up and yeah. down and down and up and it, and some things are kind of samey. But with Sepultura, the Max Cavalera era, I feel like every album was a, was a step from the one before. Yeah. And um, some people would consider Roots a step down, but, and I honestly, I don't like it as much as KSAD or Arise or Beneath the Remains or fuck, probably not even Schizophrenia, but that's comparing it to fucking classic albums. And Roots is a classic on its own. Roots is so fucking heavy. And I know that Max has gone on record saying that he was influenced by Korn and, and, you know, and things like that. So it it wasn't necessarily an original thing that they were doing, but their take on it is so interesting. They did it just with their, they did it very well. And it's just one of those albums where it's like, you know, it's the it's one it's one of many examples of of heavy doesn't necessarily mean fast. Mm. Um and there's just so many great tracks. Like the the you just just put on cutthroat and then walk away. Like that's that is that a song alone is so amazing. There's so there's there's a lot of amazing moments on this, but I just love the overall vibe and what Sepultura did with the percussion and the and the their sort of discordant guitar melodies that, yeah. you know, that Andreas would do and stuff like that. Like all of it together just made it this, this really unique sounding thing. And that has never gone away for me with roots. It still sounds like something that even though you could put it in a category, I don't think anything else in that category sounds like roots. Yeah. Um, and, I'll, and then no other Sepultura album sounds quite like roots. I think that's the thing. Cause when, when we said, you know, you're stacking it up next to all that thrash stuff and, like, Chaos AD as well that came before it, they already proved that they could nail the fast shit, like, incredibly mm-hmm. well. So the yeah. fact that they could do this and do it well, it's it shows the the band is, you know, it's not a one-trick pony here we're talking about. They're incredibly good at both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It does kick ass. It's an album I do need to give more love to. Because it's not one that I revisit often, but every time it comes on, I'm like, "Oh fuck, this is this is crushing," you know. There's mm-hmm. a real bounce to it as well. It's, yeah. it's that like mid to late '90s kind of real low end focus going on, and it's that. And, hey, and and right right up your alley. There's a there's a appearance by Mike Patton on the album yeah. too. Yeah, like which one is it? Attitude is that the song? No, no, I think it's um, Look Away. I think Look is the Away. song that he's on. That's the one. Yeah, but but it's a so my my only gripe about a few of the albums on my list is that I think it's too long. But that is yeah. that is a gripe that is aimed at pretty much every album that came out in the mid to late nineties, and then a little bit moving forward. Um, I don't know what songs I would remove necessarily, but I do think that it, it's a few songs too long. Um, it gets a little daunting, but then, but then they'll, they'll hit you with a track that just something cool happens in every track. So it's really hard to think of what would be taken out of this album, but yeah, roots is just so good. I don't, 
once again, it just goes along with my whole philosophy of, of, of why I like certain bands and it's because they take me on a journey. And if you sit down and listen to their discography from beginning to end, it's a story unfolding and you're not just getting similar vibes over and over again. And when this out, when this album came out in 96, it was just one of those things where me and my friends just talked a lot about the sound of it and the drums and everything, because it was just, it was, we didn't really expect it, but it was just like, this is, this is fucking great. And we, and at 96, I wasn't as into metal anymore. Yeah. I was more into the skate punk kind of thing. Um, and a little bit of, um, I guess more of the alternative rock scene, but this was one that came out and I'm just like, no, this is just, this is just fucking good. And I still feel that way today. So that's why it's my number five. Roots, bloody roots. Okay. <laughs> it's funny, actually, that um, now that we mention roots, there's a funny because my uncle who got me into metal is only mm-hmm. is only two years younger than you, and he was like big into new metal when it came around. He's a guitarist. He's he's listens to a lot of different music, but he was like mm-hmm. always really into the '90s groove and new stuff. And I remember when I first got into Sepultura, I, I remember my my grandmother actually said, oh, it's come full circle. Now I get to hear Roots again. And it was like, <laughs> my nan knows about fucking Roots, dude. Like, that's how prominent yeah. it was in the house. Just just constant Roots, bloody Roots. Just so cool. Yeah. That Yeah, it's just cool that I have that bond with them. But yeah, um, speaking of long ass mid 90s cd <laughs> albums <laughs> yeah uh i've gone for my number four pick load by metallica awesome cool it's uh, i just lo- i just love that it's here yeah it's it's one of the most controversial albums in metallica's discography but it is yeah it is 100 not without its tunes though like like I say, a casualty of the mid '90s CD. Oh look, we've got seventy-four fucking minutes to play with. Let's just throw <laughs> everything on it, you know. As well as well, it- shit. I mean, it was it wasn't even everything. Yeah. they had they yeah. had other songs already <laughs> finished, and so it's like they they even had to cut one song short to make it fit on the goddamn album. <laughs> I think <laughs> like the outlaw torn it fades yeah. out instead of the the full length version, <laughs> which is insane. Like. I think I think it was like re-released on a single in its yeah. in, in its entirety. I can't remember which specific single it was, but yeah, I I have heard the thing where they had to like kind of they said, "Oh shit, this one runs like 90 seconds too long and it's already like a 10-minute track." I mean, I mean as much as I love that song, I I would agree it already runs long as it is. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it's it's weird because it's like the especially when you're looking at like um uh like an album cut in half outlaw torn is so similar to bleeding me that i'm yeah. like all right we already got this vibe earlier you can do it shorter this time yeah <laughs> but i know a lot of people that love outlaw torn like it's like one of their favorite songs and so like who who am i you know it's 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 one of my least favorites on the album but that's not saying much considering i love this album so you go ahead though i think as well like like that this album is closer to being a rock album than a metal one. And that's, yeah. 
that's where you know having metal in your band name becomes a problem if you want to do something that's a little more in the in the rock realm because obviously they're called metallica you know and it's i think that's what rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because they just went yeah. hey let's like let's throw in some skinnerd and let's throw in some alice in chains and see what that kind of thing does to our sound and uh, you know this and many other mid-90s albums from already established bands, I consider, I kind of refer to this era of, it's the era of the Grower album, where it takes mm -hmm. quite a few listens and a few years even for something to really hit you. Like, I had the same thing with King for a Day by um, Faith No More. Like, there, mm -hmm. was, there were songs on that that I skipped up until I was about, 16 and then i went back over it and i was like oh my god you know i was skipping some of these like non-metal tracks and then i thought oh wow this is amazing and i feel the same way about load and you know to some extent reload as well but like it's just such a it is underrated in my opinion like i know it's a massive album from a massive band but still it gets shit on unfairly. Yeah, they, they made they made their money from it. They did. <laughs> yeah, they did okay. <laughs> yeah, it is just one of those where it's people don't like it because it's different, and but a lot of people yeah. love it, and I like. Yeah, it. Yeah, I just think that. Yeah, see, the weird thing about the I'm gonna let you can finish though. I'm gonna let you finish, but you know what? Beyonce put out the best video of all time. Is that what it was? <laughs> 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 that's fucking brilliant dude <laughs> no i was pretty much finished anyway but yeah that was well, a, good that was a I'm good kanye gonna, bit <laughs> i'm just gonna grab your hand and we're gonna wander into the world of load because load is also my number four nice um and honestly i had this album higher in my top five but i had to be kind of objective about it um this is one where though when it came out so people will always tell these stories about how they felt betrayed, like when the Black Album came out and they were like, I was into this thrash band and now they did this. That's how I felt about Load, though. Yeah. Uh, like, I first heard Load because the on the night of the release of the album, they played it on the radio, right? Because it was supposed to be released at midnight and we went to the store and bought it at midnight. But they played it on the radio in full. And all I remember was... 30 seconds to a minute into ain't my bitch. I was like, this is a fucking joke, right? <laughs> like I, I, cause just, just, just the lyrics seemed so dumb. Yeah. And I'm just like, cause Hetfield's such a great lyricist. And it's almost like he decided to just completely undo every style that he had and just write completely different kinds of shit. Yeah. Which is fine. It's if, if, it, if that's what he felt like doing, that's great. But, um, Initially, I was just like, I, I don't understand why they did this at all. But I was such a massive fan. We went to the store, we bought the album, and I played it a lot, just trying to figure out how I felt about it. Because there were some tracks, because they had already released the track Until It Sleeps as a single. And I liked that track, even though other people were like, this fucking sucks. I'm like, I don't know, it's pretty damn good songwriting right here. Yeah. And even as like a, even as like a, a you know, an 18 year old kid, I guess I was an adult, but still, I felt like a kid at 18 years old. Yeah, I know um, that feeling. I, 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 still, <laughs> I still could 
could recognize that it was good songwriting and, and, and good performances. And there were other songs on the album that immediately stuck out to me as like, this may not be what I was expecting, but it's good. And then the other songs like ate my bitch and, um, uh, thorn within, uh, there's a random songs that just, I don't think have it, but yeah. they have good qualities. And eventually those, all came around to where I just liked the entire album all the way through. And, but that, that's the thing is that even, even though I wasn't really that into it, I never got mad about it. Like people get mad about this album and they, and my favorite thing is that people will misinterpret things that they read. And so like, I've had people commenting here and there and saying stuff like James didn't want to do that album. And I'm like, he wrote the fucking songs yeah. and the lyrics. <laughs> like he didn't write all of the songs, but he, he wrote the riffs. He, I mean, he did the shit. So it's so funny to think that he didn't want to do the alternative kind of album. Like uh, he probably would have done a whole country album really. Yeah. But it's I like, mean, sure. That's why they wrote 30 fucking songs. Cause they yeah. really didn't want to do it. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> if if the, the, the my the problem is is that people that aren't really big fans they just read an article or two and then they make their assessment about what they feel they were doing that's why people call them sellouts and I'm just like well if you know anything about the band which you wouldn't know because you're not a big fan but if you do you re- you know that there was no selling out involved mm. sure they had lofty goals or whatever or their their horizons were huge they wanted to shoot for the fucking moon and be the biggest thing in the world but that's that was their fucking decision. Like selling out is more like, I don't know what to do. So let's just do what everybody else is doing, which they didn't do. Mm. Like there was no other album that sounded like load in 1996 because sure it was, it had alternative vibes, but it's heavy. Like the production is heavy and the guitars are loud and the drums are loud. And it's still, it still feels like a Metallica album to me. It just, I mean, I'm I'm never going to argue and say that it's better than the early shit they did. Um, it, there's, there's no, there's no fucking comparison. Mm. You can't compare load to master of puppets. I'm sorry. You just can't do it. But if you have to, because it's the same band, then you're looking at it on, on its own merits. So when we do get to our Metallica ranking, that those are the things that make it hard for me because you're dealing with a band that it's hard to compare two albums, but in the end you gotta say one's better. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but so Load is just an album that I think, like you said, it's it's underrated. Maybe not underrated. It's overhated. Yeah. Like it's it's it's. There's no reason to feel the way that some people feel about this album. And I think it's unfortunately a lot of it comes with people because metal fans feel like they need to constantly compete for metal cred, and so you can't just hear an album and go, "It's not for me." Like you have to have this insane opinion on it yeah and i'm just like well if that if we were all like that then it would just be me talking shit about music all the time and i'm just like no i'm not that's that's a ridiculous way to live your life but whatever yeah but back to load though so over the years it has now become an album that's really grown on me and a lot of the songs are just songs that i they come on and i will never turn them off like there's yeah. there's some killer songs on this album. And and like I said, the songwriting is really good. There's a few songs here and there where I think it's a little bit lacking. And I do agree that if they had paired everything from load and reload down to the leanest, meanest shit and put it on one disc, um, we may be ta- uh, talking about it in a different light. 
Um, but I still don't think people would have been happy with it. I think it still would have rubbed people the wrong way. But yeah. um, in the, at the end of the day, especially, you know, 25 years down the line or whatever, um, it makes for a more interesting band overall. Yeah. Metallica is a more interesting band to me because they did albums like Load. And I think it's fucking great. And because of that, that's why it is my number four. Cool. <clears throat> I had a little, little bit of a little bit of coke in my throat there. <laughs> oh, you should stop snort stop snorting coke before the show. All right. I, I, I don't know how many times I have to tell you that <laughs> if you if you smoke it, it's a little bit easier when you're having to talk. I don't know, man. I just gotta I just gotta stay up. You know, I, I've, I've, <laughs> this this room this room, man. The walls are closing in. I gotta try and clean this fucking thing before it kills me. <laughs> um, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. <laughs> Uh, um, drugs. <laughs> well, how much, how much fun are they, man? Oh, dude. Okay. <laughs> Kids do drugs. Oh, oh, don't do drugs. Right. Is that what I'm supposed to say? Okay. I, I don't, don't know, man. It's, uh, who, who are we to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So my number three pick I've gone for no code by Pearl Jam. Oh, Okay. So this is one of those albums that has its fingers in many pies. And I feel a warm sense of nostalgia when I listen to this album because it has its chill moments. It has its rocking moments and vibey moments with like big sing-along parts too. Uh But like even with its like, I say heavier hits like songs, but like this album puts me in a relaxed mood in the best way. Like even the rocking parts have this like, not like messy, but there's a cool looseness to them. That's yeah. like uh, it's good for a good for a chillax, bro. But um, yeah, like uh, let's have a look at the track listing here. Like, so it's, and the uh, and the drummer on this album is uh, is it Jack Irons? Yeah, so yeah. it's a connection to a, a podcast we did recently. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, uh, I love seeing like the family trees sometimes, like different bands that like. You know, say, for example, Dave Navarro was in Jane's Addiction and Red Hot Chili Peppers. And, like, when you trace all the and other... The Jack Iron, Chili Peppers, and Pearl Jam. But he, yeah. didn't, he didn't last that long in Pearl Jam, did he? How many albums is Jack Iron, the Irons, the drummer? I think... Was it Matt Cameron that came on at, after Jack? Was, it, was I feel it like Matt? he came on at, like, Yield or something like that. It was, it yeah. was real, real... I mean, I mean, not early on, but by today's terms, it's been a while that Matt Cameron has been their drummer. But No Codes, um, I don't know that album that well. I've heard it a, a few times and I like it, but I do really like that song, Hail, Hail. I think yeah. it's got a really fucking cool riff in it. And that's that it drives that song for me. I love the um, I love the fact that it opens with that like really mellow song sometimes and then just mm-hmm. slams straight into Hail, Hail. And then you've got songs like Who You Are and In My Tree that are just kind of like really vibey, but very sing-along at the same time. There's other ones like Around the Bend is one that I really love. It's yeah, to, to me, it's the last track on the album. It's just a really nice, chilled-out acoustic one. And it's one of those things that I would never think to myself of like enjoying, but I love the way this album like runs and then closes out um and for me it had to be on 
had to be on this list for sure. Yeah. It's it's a very understated album. Yeah. And I think that's why I didn't get into it because to me the first 3 Pearl Jam albums are unfuckwithable. Like they are chock full of amazing shit. And then Yield or uh, No Code was a little more like it, it, it was a grower, like you like you said. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. It, it, all the best qualities weren't immediately in your face with this album. Yeah, for me, because you know, obviously, we'll, we'll get to a Pearl Jam ranking eventually. Sure. Um, but like this album, to me, like there's kind of a trajectory with the first three albums, and then mm-hmm. this one kind of like says. Hey, we're gonna have the core Pearl Jam sound, but we're gonna do some like wildly different stuff with it. And now, obviously, ten, ten, it feels basically like a stadium rock record with a with yeah, a punk yeah. aesthetic. Then you get verses, which strips away all like the reverb and stuff, and goes for like a more roomy sound. And then Vitalogy has some batshit insane creative decisions on it, but they're yeah, like yeah. really cool at the same time. But I just I just and, remember yeah. that the, the, the this is not even talking about no code anymore. But um, when when Vitalogy came out, the first thing that was released or that I got was a double sided seven inch with spin the black circle on one side and Tremor Christ on the other side, and I was nice. just like. This is fucking awesome. Like both amazing songs. But like I said, those were albums where immediately the songs grabbed you. And then with no code, it's almost like they got a little bit more relaxed in what they were doing. And they didn't feel the need to just show off all their best qualities all at once. Yeah. And I, I think that's, it, it comes off in the album's vibe because it's, it feels more like a chill out album, even though yeah. it has got some rocking songs on it. Like, but it interspersed with every like kind of heavy song you'll get two uh like more chill wavy kind of things going on and it's yeah is it like which one is it lukin or, or lunkin yeah lukin it's like just one minute long punk track and mm-hmm. then you know just there's 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 a lot of variety on this album i think that's yeah. a good, good way to put it but um in that comes across this chill vibe for some reason that I just, I really like. <laughs> so that's my, awesome. that's my number three. Cool. Um, once again, I'm going, I'm going not chill on my, on my third <laughs> album. And also this is an album that I, I'm pretty sure you don't know um, by a band that you probably don't really know. And it's one that I've actually had people suggest that we do it just so you can be introduced to this band. Um, and eventually I think we will. So my number three um, is the album Less Talk, More Rock from the band Propagandi. Um, and Propagandi is like a band that started off as a kind of, their sound was kind of street punk or, or skate punk, sorry. Uh, but they've always been super political and yeah. super social issue, wearing their, their politics and their social uh, opinions on their sleeves or not even on their fucking sleeves, on their foreheads. <laughs> um, and their first album which was called How to Clean Everything, was just one that when it came out, I listened to nonstop. And then in 1996, their second album came out, which is called Less Talk, More Rock. And it just ups the ante on the political and social commentary in the lyrics. And at the time, I had never heard an album 
lyrically presented that way because you had bands that were into politics you already had rage against the machine but but with rage against the machine it still felt like their lyrics were clouded enough to where it was more general yeah like whereas with propaganda it's like they're naming names in their shit and and it's the first time like the cover of the album i love the cover of the album because it's a picture it's a painting of a bull rider being trampled by a bull. And then around the border, it just says animal friendly, anti-fascist, gay, positive, uh, pro-feminist. It just says that around the border of the album. Oh, nice. And I'm, I'm looking at it right now. That's, and just see, cool. and, and not, not only that, if you turn over to the back of the album, it's just the lyrics to all the songs on the back of the album. So you know what you're getting when you pick up the fucking album mm. and musically, See, the reason why I think Propagandi would be an interesting band for you to listen to is because their evolution, because they started off being like a skate punk band that had a little bit of metal tinges. And the metal tinges just over their albums got bigger and bigger and bigger to where now I don't even know where to categorize them. Yeah. Like their shit is so technically amazing. It's not metal enough. It's too metal to be punk, but not punk enough to be punk. It's some sort of weird middle ground but it's just the shit is so well done and it's so urgent and it feels just as important today as it did in 96 when this album came out um and i and like all like just i'm not gonna go track by track but i do love all the tracks but my favorite thing on the album is the song less talk more rock and what that song essentially is is um the lead vocalist guitar player he was getting a little bit annoyed at the fact that they were a band that was basically saying these big political things about mm. about you know treating women with respect and and uh, 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 you know basically just you know n- not being a bigot you know and all the all of these things were already in their songs, but it seemed like the audience didn't fucking get it, and so they would play these shows with these meat headed punk rockers who just wanted to beat the shit out of each other and didn't care about what they were saying, and so the song "Less Talk More Rock." starts off very fast and then goes into like a little kind of a cool groove. And the lyrics start off talking about how nobody's listening to the lyrics. And then they quickly shift to the vocalist talking about his first gay experience. And by the end of the song, it's basically him saying, thank you for dancing along to this song. Now I know that you support me as a gay man. And I'm, and it's just so fucking well done that when you hear it, when you hear it unfold, I'm just like, it's so cool. And there's a great line at the end. Once he's, once he's talked about his gay experience, he says the line, um, all the fists in the world can't save you now. And I'm just like, God, oh, that's so fucking good. And it's so, it's just an album that gives me chills and it will always give me chills. Most of their music does like, that's the thing about that band is that they're, they're aggressive, they're punky, they're metalish, but they have a weird thing with their choices of melodies and their choices of lyrics where every single album, I will tear up at some point during the album. And I don't even know why it just hits a fucking nerve with me. Yeah. And, um, for a little bit, this album was a little lower on my list because I'm like, well, if you listen to it, technically it's not as good of an album, like production wise, the production could be a little bit better, but when it comes to the overall effect it had on my life in 1996 and the, the, the effect it still has on me today, um, it had to be here, so I just decided to plop it right in the middle 
<clears throat> excuse me, of my top five. Um, I don't know how much more I can go into it, but it's a fucking killer album, and it's less talk, more rock by Propagandi. I love the uh, I love <clears throat> the song title. The only good fascist is a very dead fascist. <laughs> hell, hell yeah, nice, hell yeah. There's there's so many great moments on the album, and and like I said, they are a band that. If anyone was confused about their politics, it's this album cleared it all up. <laughs> like yeah. it's just like, you know, we're not fucking around here. And I, um, but I but I love that band. But they only have like six albums, seven albums. I think that's it. But that'd be one that would be interesting to go through because I would love to hear it through your ears about how you're hearing the metal elements yeah. in it um, and stuff like that. Because it's it's they're fucking great. Cool. I'll uh, I'll. Save that one on my uh, little list there to check out. Cool. So uh, my number two, my number two, here we go. Here's an underrated album. All right, all right. Okay. Motel California by Ugly hey, Kid Joe. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Underrated as hell. It's such <laughs> Absolutely. A sh- it's such a shame the band got a raw deal as the 90s progressed. Like, this album feels like i like we said in like the ugly kid joe episode we did a while ago it does feel like kind of a middle ground between the more fun loving attitude of america's least wanted and the heavier alt metal stylings of menace to sobriety so mm-hmm. also considering like it's got some borderline new metal moments like sandwich for example like i feel like this should have been bigger for its time you know Yep. And also, it may have been a year or two too early. Yeah. Because 96, because like there was still, there was new metal stuff, but it didn't blow up like the way it did in like 98, 99, you know? Yeah. I think as well, like songs like Would You Like to Be There are such good songs. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to Strange in the car the other day coming home from work, and the riffs in that are just the nastiest, grooviest, you know, possible thing they could muster up. And like that, that spooky bit about halfway through where the vocals go all weird and there's that really kind of like weird sounding riff going on. Like there's, they've got some like really out there songs on here with regards to like elements of their style. You know, they were never afraid to like throw in different kinds of songs but this one has a lot of moments where it's like, wow, they've kind of done this kind of song and they can do this one as well. Like you go to songs like Bicycle Wheels, sounds like yeah, like kind of Chili Peppers-ish, but with like this world music, like percussion in the middle. And it's like... <laughs> uh, and they sound, they sound super tight on this album too. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Is that there's, there's so much groove on it, but it sounds so good because they feel they sound like such a seasoned band that just knows how to be locked in with, with each other. It's, it's, it sounds so good. Yeah, it stuck out to me as well. Like when I went to see them live about uh, eight years ago with Skid Row, um, it was, I was kind of, I wasn't disappointed because they played all the stuff, you know, I wanted to hear, but it did strike me as, it, they didn't play anything off of this, but at the time they played songs from Stairway to Hell, um, you know, and all their other ones, but they played nothing from Motel California, which I would have mm-hmm. thought 
you know, maybe even at least just one of them. But I said, because didn't, weren't the music videos not released until like yeah, 10, I, 10 years later? I think that they were just put out like on YouTube. I don't think that they actually had a proper release. I think, because I, I, I think that this album, because this album was on a, not on a major though, was it? It was on a independent label, I thought. I think what happened was, I, I don't know how well Menace to Sobriety did in comparison, obviously, like, Following up America's Least Wanted. Yeah, it didn't do well. Yeah, it didn't do well. Despite how awesome it is. Like, yeah. Ugly Kid Joe are one of those weird ones because they defied genres, but people still... Like, somehow they still kind of got lumped in with, like, the kind of... And I, and I don't know how this happened. Like, kind of the hair metal thing because they had, like, the licks and things. But they they were never that, you know? they. I think they just... They were... It was... There, there, there may have been too much humor in some of their stuff, and in the way right. that they presented themselves. Um, yeah, I don't really know because I, I, they connected with me, like, yeah. like so whatever, whatever it was, I was into it. But it seemed like a lot of people just didn't, even though they had some hits. You know, I think once it's almost like they had this big album with America's Least Wanted, and then yeah, something happened to where the public just kind of went, we're we're kind of done with you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, although I guess they did do well overseas, um, for I think for at least for uh, for Minister Sobriety, I think that album did really well in other countries, just not in America. I think we liked it. I I, I think I don't know what it is. I th- I think from from what I've seen, like there's kind of a trend with like in America, it's very kind of scene centric. So like. Yeah. It's very much a case of, oh, this scene came along and completely obliterated this scene. Whereas, like, in Britain, I find a lot of the bands that get championed the most are the ones that were the weirdos that didn't fit anywhere. Like, say, for example, Faith No More, you know, Angel Dust was so much better received in Europe than it was in the U.S. Because... The real thing, I know we're talking about Faith No More now, but like it's, it's, <laughs> it's an it's just an example. Like I listened to podcast Croissant, that's the Faith No More podcast, and they were saying like one of one of them is one of them is Australian and one of them's British, and it, the real thing was like the big thing in America, and then people were like, "What the fuck is this Angel Dust album?" Obviously, not mm-hmm. all not all of them, but people that wanted an epic part two did not get that. So I think it, it does tend to, I don't know whether or not like people in Europe musically are a little bit more open-minded to, to the freaks, but uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like overall they are. Um, It just with America, it's very, I've never really understood because you would have you would simultaneously have over here people getting annoyed with like bands not being heavy enough yeah. like especially like metalheads but if but it also in the mid 90s over here the cuz i just remember it, it, it being very confusing because it was like grunge was in and then grunge was already kind of on its way out where people were talking shit about it nobody wanted to listen to actual metal anymore but the metalheads didn't like what the metal bands were doing. And then at the same time, yeah. because of you guys, we got Brit pop over here <laughs> and that blew up. Like all of a sudden Oasis and all of those bands were just 
that was another thing that was massive in America. Yeah. And I did not see that coming at all. And yeah. so it was a really weird, the 90s, <laughs> that's why I love the 90s because there's, there's so much of it that you just go, how did that happen? Yeah. I mean, I love it, but how did it happen? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's one of those strange things where it's like, the 90s is such a strange decade because, you know, in the 80s, there were scenes and they maintained popularity throughout pretty much. Yeah. When you get to the 90s, it's like, okay, this scene existed for the first three years and then you get kind of the second wave in the middle and then something comes along, kills that completely and the entire musical zeitgeist flips on its head and it's like, what, yeah. the, what the fuck is going on, you know? It's one of yeah, those. It's I, one of the most split in half decades of all of them, if not the most. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it, it's very it's very strange, but it, but it, it I think it makes for a more interesting decade. And you know, a lot of my favorite music is from the eighties, but um, but the nineties just had so much. Even the stuff that I don't like as much from the nineties, the fact that it was there, I'm just like, well, that's why the nineties yeah. is more interesting to talk about because there was there was so much happening yeah. all at the same time. And as you, you do turn around and all of a sudden something was out of fashion and something else was in fashion. And, um, it was, it was very weird. Yeah. But, uh, motel California, but motel California. Yeah. <laughs> should it should have been huge or, or it should Agreed. have, should have at least succeeded enough for the band to carry on. But, uh, unfortunately, thankfully they came back though, which is cool. Well, kind of. I mean, what the hell they've been doing? It's yeah. like, it's like they did make another album, but it's like it's almost like they they just randomly do stuff. Um, but I guess the money—it's just not possible to have that life anymore, where you constantly record and tour. Yeah. Um, when you get older, um, some bands can do it, but they're, those are the massive bands. But anyway, are you done with that with uh, with Motel California? All wrapped up on Motel California. Sweet. That's a that's a great number two. My number two is is a uh, is once again not really in the same area <laughs> as that. Um, uh, my number two album is I think out of everything on my list, this is the most underrated album that I've included. Uh, my number two is the Sacred Reich album Heal. Ooh, which is their f- fourth album, I believe. Um, so wait, ignorance. American Way, Independent, Heal. Yes, fourth album, boom. Um, and Heal is one that I think, I, I, I don't, I, I guess I understand why it didn't make a big splash when it came out because they had, you know, they had gone from being on a major label to all of a sudden going back to, to Metal Blade. And they put out this album where, like, they, once again, they're a band with a story musically where they go from, full-on fast thrash to more progressive thrash to more of a groovy metal kind of thing to this one where it's just, it's very of the time. It's very tuned down, heavy riffs and very aggressive, but not really fast for the most part. Yeah. But it's got some fucking great songs on it. And once again, I'll, as I'll always say when I talk about Sacred Reich, uh, Phil Rind is just an amazing vocalist and he sounds amazing on this record. And it's, this is another one that I think is a major grower because I think at first listen, you could not really get the, all the hooks that are really in there. And then you go back and hear it again and you're like, Oh I, yeah, that's in this song. It's, it has a lot of little hidden 
things because it's pretty simple overall when it comes to metal. Like if you're, if you're comparing this album to the American way, it's, it's very simple, but it's just a kick-ass band making a kick-ass album in 96. And they, and they made a metal record. Like that's the thing is that there's yeah. no, there's no alternative inside of this. There's no, it's, it's heavy like all the way through. And, and once again, it is sacred, Reich, You know, you, you know, they, 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 there's still songs that have a political edge to them, but also there's, there's more personal songs on it. Um, and then there's a, you know, a legalized weed song as like a lot of people did. <laughs> Cause you know, I mean, it's, it, I, it, it's so, I can't believe like 1996 to now people are still having to talk about why lead, lead <laughs> about how weed should be legal. And that's ridiculous. It seems it, like entry level it's, shit. It's here. a gateway drug. <laughs> God damn it! Okay. Anyway, not 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 that I'm a a, a pothead, but that's that's because I can't get it. <laughs> but but um, but yeah. Anyway, so the heel is just an album that I I I think it gets overlooked, and it gets overlooked to the point where when Sacred Right came back, people would say shit like. It just feels weird that they didn't put out a straight out thrash album because that's what we expected. I'm like, why? Because you didn't listen to the last fucking two albums they did. It's like, so if you're listening to Heal and then you listen to Awakening when they came back, it makes sense because there is some thrashy stuff on there, but they did not lose the groove. Um, yeah. And now, and I, I really do think that Sacred Reich still have a lot more gas in the tank. For, you know, there we're going to see more great shit from them, but um, the original run of their albums ended with heel and it's just such a fucking cool little cap on their original run because it's just you taken out a band that has just made this journey and they're another one of those great bands just you just put all of their albums in a playlist and just hit shuffle and it's just you're gonna get different sides and they're all awesome sides and um they're just one of my favorite bands ever yeah because of that and because it's just quality shit every time they do something and so heel gets gets my number two slot just because not only is it an amazing record, but I just think it's very underrated um, and underappreciated. Um, depending on who you are. I'm obviously if you're a fan of shit like that, then you probably already love heel. And so uh, but anyway, yeah, it's, that's my number two, Sacred Reich Heel. Awesome. So now we're at the uh, we're at the number no, no, one. No. Cool. So my number one, my number one pick for nineteen ninety-six. And I'm kind of intrigued to see if we line up here. I've gone for The Great Southern Trend Kill by Pantera. All right. Cool. Right on. You're trying to read my face. (laughs) (laughs) So of all the albums to come out of 96, this album stands out above the rest as very personal to me, as well as just loving it. So Mm -hmm. like, got kind of a little story behind here. Story time with Eddie. Yay! Uh, at the t- <laughs> at the time I was <laughs> discovering this, <laughs> I was like, I was I was recovering from the most painful experiences of my life. I was fourteen years old, recovering from a knee injury sustained by a fellow student in an incident. Uh, if you're squeamish, listeners, skip maybe the next ten seconds. <laughs> okay, so I had a dislocated kneecap. 90 degrees from where it should be. And uh, also, I landed on it when it happened. So uh, it snapped in half, like, 90 degrees away from where it should have been. And the worst part is, 
Yeah, it's going to be more than 10 seconds now, come to think of it. Yeah, skip forward I, more. <laughs> yeah, so I had, I had, I got to the hospital later on, and we tried to straighten it initially. We didn't know, like, all the shit that was wrong with it, and then all of a sudden, little to my knowledge, the kneecap, when it came out of place, it severed a bunch of tendons and shit, oh, and it just man. starts convulsing and, like, splitting the knee, and it honestly, never fuck up your knee, because that shit... <laughs> hurts yeah like i i remember doing like i remember doing like research on like how to recover from a knee injury and i remember seeing this like i think it was like some kind of reddit thread or something i can't remember specifics because it was like nearly 10 years ago now but i remember like honestly the actual injury is something straight out of a cannibal corpse lyric but like fucking (laughs) like I remember reading somewhere fucked in the knee. (laughs) Like I I read from like a soldier's firsthand, like combat experience. They said like the two places you don't want to get shot are the abdomen and the kneecap. Cause a abdomen is hurts like hell and is very destructive. And you know, the knee you shoot either part of the leg, you can kind of still run if the joint is gone, it's, it's gone. You're crawling the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, like, our, anyway, back to the album, why it's so important to this time. Okay. When I was doing physio at the gym to get myself back on my feet, this album was what got me through it because I was fucking seething with rage that <laughs> I'd been through something so painful that wasn't my fault. And essentially the sheer aggression in this album is what got me to recover from it because it came at precisely the right time in my life. Cause this is a fucking aggressive album in every sense. Cause yeah. I think it took all of the heavy parts of far beyond driven and made them like that much more intense. So like you got your opener, which is just just right out of the gate. It's a great, it's and, a great opener. Yeah, like all of the riffs on this are brutal, and Dimes playing, especially in like the solo department, like even on stuff like Floods, is still so incredible. Like people always talk about Cowboys, Vulgar, and Far Beyond Driven, but God damn, this one earned its place as well. Like this thing fucking rules, mm-hmm. Spe- especially if you've if you're recovering from a, an assault. <laughs> um, yeah, you didn't the, even explain who did it to you. Because I, I mean, you've uh, told me the story before, but you didn't tell the audience who did it. Essentially, some dickhead thought it would be fun to show off his uh, karate skills. So he kind of jumped me during a, or just before a PE lesson. And uh, I mean, clearly the karate was working for him because he fucked me <laughs> up good. But like, he, wasn't, he wasn't part of Cobra Kai, was he? Uh, quite possibly. It was a very yeah, similar assholes. <laughs> I just had I just had like the uh the karate kid initial first fight music. Do 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 like oh man like I watched that film recently. Fucking awesome. That 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 movie gets me hyped. Like oh. I finished watching all of the all three seasons of Cobra Kai. I need and to. I, I've only. I've only seen the first three episodes. I need to catch the hell up. I re. I really. I re. I've, I really enjoyed it. It's. It's kind of yeah. dumb, 
but that's I the think best part. It, I think it's dumb on purpose. The, the yeah. only thing that I'm the, the only thing that I have to say is that this is not even related to what we're talking about. But just after seeing the last handful of things that she's been in, Elizabeth Shue needs to not be in anything ever again. She is <laughs> awful. <laughs> she's just like when an actor takes you out of a movie of a show so much that you're just like. Is she reading a script? Does she not really want to be there? What's happening? But that just seems to be her vibe. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's pretty Great much Southern like... Kill. Yeah, it, it's just a... It is the absolute definition of, of a really aggressive groove metal album with some crazy heavy parts on it. And uh, Oh, and Suicide Note Part 2 is one of the most intense things I've ever heard in my life. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a good gym album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just pure rage. <laughs> I, I clearly, we need to very soon do a Pantera cranked and ranked. Oh yeah. Um, just because I feel that's one that I feel like people have mentioned a lot. Yeah. And, um, and, um, I, I got opinions about things. Um, but I do have to say that, that not, that not only is great Southern Tranquil not my number one, uh-huh. It is not even in my top 10. Wow. Um, it shit. is nowhere in my top 10. But I will save my opinions on that album for when we do our Cranked and Ranked because I it, it's a good album. I'm going to agree with you there. That's as far as I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> Quick question about the uh, Pantera like ranking. We yes. are going. To, we are going to include the first four albums. Fuck right? yeah! Dude, yeah. The, the worst thing in the world is when people are like huge Pantera fan. I, I really love their, you know, their first three albums. I'm like, which first three are you fucking talking about, dude? <laughs> and like, and it's fine. And and I also hate it when people just. I don't know. I hate. I, we've said this before in episodes. I hate people. Yeah. And and everyone's got to chime in with their glam Terra bullshit and 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 i'll be the first to say that i think their first few albums are kind of silly but they're good albums and it's just like i don't know god damn it people get it get over yourselves <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yes i do we if we do pantera we're doing every pantera album we're not awesome. we're not fucking around terry glaze is gonna get his moment on cranked and ranked for sure <laughs> but uh my number one to me, there is literally no comparison. The album that I have chosen for number one eclipses Great Southern Trend Kill and everything else made in 1996. In my opinion, by fucking miles, it is literally an album you put on today and I just go, clear my fucking schedule. Uh, <laughs> my number one is Evil Empire by Rage Against the Machine. I fucking is, called it. I knew it, it was going to be that. F- that is a fuck. Is my favorite Rage Against the Machine album. Not to give anything away from when we do our uh, our cranked <laughs> and ranked, but it is, and it is from beginning to end so goddamn good. But I, you could say that about their first, all their fucking albums, really. But this one, for me, it's just the it's so perfect because it is a progression from the first album. But it's still got such good groove on it. But it's just great fucking song after great fucking song that are still not only lyrically still relevant today, but just the groove of the album and the way that it sounds sonically still sounds amazing today, production wise. They still just sound like 
the most important band that existed in ni- in the nineties when you listen to to their shit and i I think with a lot of people they unfairly just got thrown in with with rap metal and shit like that because yeah. because that's what they technically were, but they were so different like I would always say. You have rap metal and new metal, and then over here you have Rage Against the Machine. These yeah. bands owe all their shit to Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine doesn't owe shit to any of them. Um, and they've actually Empire, apologized, haven't they? <laughs> for new metal on like occasions. <laughs> they, <laughs> they may have, I don't know. But God, this is just one of those things where I I, I feel like it hits some sort of primal nerve in me just as soon as the album starts. And my favorite songs on the album aren't even necessarily the ones that are really well known. Like uh, my two favorite songs on the album are Revolver and Down Rodeo. Those are both just so fucking good. And, and on, and honestly, even to this day, look, you know, look, look, I'm as white as they come. A white boy, blonde hair, blue eyes, Aryan poster boy, as they would say. Um, <laughs> but, but I've been a fan of, 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 uh, I guess you would say black culture, like the, their, their, their music and their mm-hmm. movies since I was a kid. So I've always felt that I, in my, in my kind of disconnected white boy kind of way, I understand what they've gone through and continue to go through. And, so you, I still hear that lyric the, in Down Rodeo where he says, these people ain't seen a brown-skinned man since the grandparents bought one. And I'm still like, oh, shit, yeah. he said it. Like, every time I hear that song, I'm just like, how many years are we now? 25 years later. And I'm still like, he fucking said it. He fucking said it. And I, yeah. I love those kind of things because, sure, it's not my fight. I, that, I, it's not my, my life, but I love it. When people are bold, just like we were talking about with the Propaganda album, when people are bold and make a statement and it's backed up by fucking badass music, I'm just like, nah, yeah. that is as good as it fucking gets to me. And um, this Pulling is just out a, people's a, bullshit with kick ass riffs at the same time. Absolutely. And, um, and, and it's, it's, it's also been, it's also, I, I said earlier about like Rage Against, Rage Against the Machine about how some of their lyrics are a little more like they could, they could be interpreted towards whatever it is government wise you're wanting. But sometimes it wasn't always like that. But I think that's part of the reason why today you still have people that are telling Tom Morello to not talk about politics, which is the funniest fucking thing yeah. I've ever heard. But, I think that's why, because because it's. I mean, you hear people say all the time, like, "I don't really pay that much attention to lyrics." I'm just like, "Well, I." J- then your your opinion is unnecessary. Then, like, if you're yeah. going if you're going to disregard some part of what a band has done uh, in a particular piece of music that you say you love, then you just be quiet. Like, you have the right to ignore lyrics if you want to, but when it comes to there being a, a debate, you are no you are not a, you're not part of it. You, yeah. you, you have chosen to not be in it. And so, but even then, like there's so, there's, I, I, there's so much lyrically with this album and with all of their albums that, I, that 
you could make I know a lot of people make these 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 uh jokes about how well they're still a major label band and they still made money you know they they can't they're not anti-capitalism they made some money and blah 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 and I'm like well that's looking at everything through a very narrow lens like yeah. you're not paying attention to the fact that sometimes you got to play the game a little bit in order to make some kind of an effect on people yeah um, you can't just be an underground nobody band and expect for the world to hear you. That's just that's that's not the way that it's going to work. Self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. yeah. So so, but with Evil Empire, getting back to this particular album, the reason why I love it so much is because it is the most, when it comes to their music, the most we don't give a fuck of all their albums. Just because there's choices here and there where people were expecting certain things from what they did on the first album. And some of that is missing from this album where it's almost like not, not necessarily experimental, but just um, they stripped away a lot of the, a lot of the, I guess you couldn't really call it fun elements, but it feels way more serious. Even though the, 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 the lyrics have always been serious. There's still a vibe with the first album that just feels fun even though it's yeah. political with evil empire it is literally just we it's a mission statement almost in from the, from the word go and i love it man i just it never gets old to me and it's just it's one of my favorite albums ever and it's it, it had to be my number one when i was when i was putting together this list like i started my list by writing 1996 and then i wrote evil empire and then I started researching the rest of the albums because I was just like, <laughs> I was like, Evil Empire came out that year. So that's literally all I can talk about. But um, I love it. And uh, I can't really go much more into it. I feel like I, sometimes I feel like I go off on rants and I don't know how people out there feel about them because maybe they want me to just shut up and talk about the album and not talk about my feelings. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I, I think it's important, like, like you say, to, to you know, highlight these things because they're, they're what makes the album resonate yeah with, with you and you know i would imagine with most of our listeners you know but like i i think as well i'm just chiming in on on like like you were saying that the thing that sticks out to me with this album is the production shift like with the previous album it's more of like a wall hitting you of just these really heavy funky kind of hip-hop influence riffs whereas with this one it's almost like you're kind of in the room with them and yeah, yeah. you've got like a guitar panned hard right and then you've got the bass panned hard le- hard left and then it, obviously the drums are in the middle and the vocals there as well but it feels like it almost feels like you're in the rehearsal space with them and they're just jamming out what they fucking mean. Which goes which goes yeah. perfectly because you open up the album and there's a photograph of them just playing in a little rehearsal room and I feel, I feel like that that's the vibe of the album. Like you're in there yeah. with them. 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that one. Yeah, so that's my number one, Evil Empire. I, I, in my opinion, I realize that, that some people would agree more with you on your pick, but man, to me... Um, in 96 that it didn't get much better than that album. And so, cool. um, on to our, uh, um, honorable mentions or my, my, uh, six through 10, the other <laughs> half. <laughs> yeah. Cause I couldn't leave these albums behind and, and it, it, it does get into like more of a, 
a different area for me because in 96, there were other things happening musically um, in the world, especially of rock and roll uh, that um, were important to me. They just haven't resonated as long with me, but they're, they're still important. So they had to be here. So um, let's, let's jump into some honorable, honorable mentions. How, what, what do you got? Cool. So uh, my honorable mentions are as follows. I've got five, just like you. Cool. So I've got uh, Anima by Tool. Awesome. I've got uh, Down on the Upside by Soundgarden. Feel free to say a couple words about each one. You don't have to go that quickly through them. Okay. Uh, we, I we really time. like. <laughs> I I I really like Anima by Tool. Uh, it's it's a it's a cool vibey album. It's got some like, you know, it's it's got the um like kind of soundscapey parts in between the songs. But like overall, when when the riffs and the vibes really kick in, that's like it, it, Tool took a long time to grow on me. But now I really appreciate them for what for what they are. Yeah, and if, and if I want to be kind of taken on a journey, they're definitely one of those bands. I'm not a Tool fan, um, but but when this album came out, I absolutely was, and I really love this album. But it isn't it isn't one that's grown up with me. Like, uh, like it's one that yeah. if I put it on, I'll go, there's no denying that this is fucking great, but, um, it, it doesn't have the same, it, it hasn't stuck with me the way their first album did their first album. Uh, well, the, with the uh, undertow, um, it, that one, and I, maybe it's just because I like heavier music overall. <laughs> um, but you know, tool fans are, 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 uh, uh, really interesting people. And, um, <laughs> so they, I, I, I'm I'm just I'm not very cultured, and that's why I don't like newer Tool. Apparently, um, that this this next one, uh, I'm actually gonna forego saying anything on it because we could actually be talking about it pretty soon. Mm. So uh, I've got "Down on the Upside" by Soundgarden. Okay, yeah, I I told that. Yeah, that is that's a good that's a good one too. Uh, I've got "Evil Empire" here. We've pretty much covered that one though yeah that's a good one uh, <laughs> <laughs> roots too roots is here as well uh-huh and i thought just because it's an album that i i revisit every now and again and it feels like the first time every time for some reason it's tiny music uh songs from the vatican gift shop by stone temple pilots yeah it's like kind of another weird progression uh, from purple like there's there's hardly any trace of core left mm-hmm. and this is this kind of supports my uh era of the grower album thing for me is that every time i hear it i remember more and more parts of it but there's this like strange allure to this album for me like i've never heard it before even though i've heard it like at least five yeah. times in full yeah. yeah, it does. It it doesn't it doesn't grab me the way that their earlier albums do. Um, yeah. Probably because I don't think it, it, there's a, there's a juxtaposition on this album from songs that I think are really strong to songs that I think it's style over substance. Um, yeah. Like Big Bang Baby is not a very, in my opinion, not a very good song. <laughs> but then you have like Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart. That's a great song. And yeah. and so I almost feel like with Big Bang Baby they were like we want to do a song that sounds like this, and so it's yeah it's not so much a good song as as sonically 
just a statement of they wanted to make a certain sound and they did. Um, so I appreciate it. I just, it just doesn't connect with me as much. Yeah. So that's, that's my, that's my five there. Oh shit. So, okay. uh, um, I'm going to go off on some left turns here. Um, this, ooh. my, my first one I'm going to talk about was almost in my top five. Uh, but it's, I swapped it with roots at the last minute. Um, another band that you may not even be aware of, um, the album is Fantastic Planet, and the band is called Failure. And I've heard of Failure, but I haven't heard them. They, they, funny enough, they were a band that opened for Tool when I saw them on the Undertow tour. Oh, cool! Um, but they were a band that I was already into. They're kind of a weird alt, alt rock slash. I don't know what you would call it. It all, it all comes from like post hardcore bands. They started to get more t- more technical and weird and more spacey and failure is is like a space rock slash indie alt band it's but they're he- but it's heavy but it's not yeah. heavy in like a metal kind of way it's heavy in the the guitars are loud the drums are loud the production of this album is big and it's all this this is a song that album that is very long but i don't know what songs i would cut from it but it's just such a great sort of testament to what was kind of happening kind of under the radar in music in the nineties, because sure. Fantastic planet was on a major label, but it didn't really make a splash at all. But yeah, there were bands making this really interesting fringe alternative music where it was too out there to be poppy for like the mainstream, but also it wasn't heavy it was a it was like failure fits in the middle where they're yeah. weird enough to not be mainstream, but they're not weird enough to be loved by kind of the weirdo artsy kind of people. They're kind of in the middle and fantastic planet is just, it's not my favorite failure album, but it is an amazing one. Um, I don't mean to, to, to stay on these for that long. So I'm going to move on very quickly. Um, <laughs> my, what would, what would I, what I would consider my number seven um, is the no effects album, heavy petting zoo. Uh, which is um, a no effects album that divided people just like load divided Metallica fans, heavy petting zoo divided no effects fans because it's slower. There's a odd there. They chose odd things in their songs and did a variety of songs. There's a lot of things that they never did before and would never do again, ended up on heavy petting zoo and it's just such a strong album because the production is really good. The songs are memorable and you're not getting the same thing over and over again. It's just, it's such an interesting album to listen to today, but I do get why people didn't like it, but I love it. But if, if it's, if you're, if you're, if you're wanting the fast sort of skate punky kind of shit, it's not really on here. Um, there's yeah. a little bit of it, but it's, it's almost more of a, alternative punk album i guess <laughs> if that's <laughs> if that's the thing you could say um then moving back in for my number uh seven or eight yeah eight um uh, going back to the weird alternative side of things the self-titled album which is weird because it's not their first album from the band Jawbox, um and Jawbox was a band that you was like a discord records band you could equate them with Fugazis and people like that with the weird discordant chords and, and odd choices in their song and odd time signatures and shit like that. But Jawbox was their most straightforward 
where they there's more melodic elements on this album and um it seems like more of a song album whereas before they seem like they didn't really fit into like your even though there are weird songs on this album they feel more stripped down and more straightforward but yeah. um if you're into that kind of thing like if you like the 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 post punk post hardcore kind of thing that the, the Fugazi style bands would do um, but you like it more polished than Jawbox. This album is is like the thing that you would go for because um, it's fucking great. Um, the next one I don't really need to talk about because we talked about it. Uh, my number uh, nine is uh, Motel California uh, by Ugly Kid Joe because I, I think it's a fucking great album and very underrated. Um, and then last but not least, a pick that maybe nobody sees coming from me, uh, but my number 10 is the album Pinkerton from the band Weezer. Hey, and um, it's my favorite Weezer album. I don't know if I honestly, I'm one of those weird people where I was really into Weezer for their first two albums, and then they broke up and they reformed and made this weird watered down version of their music ever since. And I, I, yeah. I just immediately went, "Look, this is fine. If you put on a Weezer album now, I go. There are things about this that I like." Is it anywhere near the caliber of music they did on their first two albums? Absolutely not. And um, Pinkerton's great because it was another one of those cases of a band putting out an album that wasn't, that was too different for the fans of the first one. And so yeah. it, it didn't do very well. And, you know, they were a band that was, that should have been huge. And I remember I saw them on the Pinkerton tour at a pretty mid sized venue. Like for a band that had a song like Buddy Holly prior to this, they yeah. they were playing little places, and they were they were a fucking great band. And Pinkerton is I, I love it because it's so much, it's heavier and noisier. The guitars are loud, and there's you know there's feedback and shit. And um, also, it's a very personal album. If it's 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 um, what's his name? Who's the uh, Rivers Cuomo? Um, he he's even said that he doesn't like this album because the lyrics are a little bit too truthful about himself. And, um, yeah, cause they're all about like his, his, his relationships and, and things like that. And there, there's, it's, there's a lot of personal shit on here. Um, but I, I think it's just such a fucking strong album that it doesn't even, it almost lives in an area that I think is, is outside of Weezer. Like, I feel like Weezer is, is this band and then Pinkerton is this album that's just on its own. It's, 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 it's own vibe altogether. And um, I still love it today. So it's, it, had to, it had to make it into my top 10. And so there you go. <laughs> that's, my, that's my top 10. Whenever I think of Weezer, I always have to bring up, wasn't he a guitarist in a speed metal band like as a teenager? I think he was in some kind of metal band. Because they, well, they yeah. always had, especially early on, little tinges of things like in a guitar solo or a riff where you would hear a little bit like one of them used to be into metal. Like you can, yeah. you can, you hear it a little <laughs> bit in the in the first couple albums. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking them up right now. Rivers Cuomo metal. Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's a definite like hidden past here. <laughs> he had a perm at one point, <laughs> and uh, and not 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 related. Well, it's related, but it's not on this album. Just because when I talk about Weezer. Um, I always have to put point out that one of my favorite Weezer songs is the song Suzanne that's on the Mallrats soundtrack. And it closes out the movie <laughs> Mallrats, which is one of my favorite movies. But that's a 90s thing. That's another 90s thing. What was that, 95? I think 95 was Mallrats. 
I need to do a big 90s movie catch up because Have you I've, not seen Mallrats before? I've seen a shitload of 80s movies, but my 90s movie knowledge is severely oh, lacking. It's uh, yeah, uh, I don't uh, I don't know what to say about somebody cold these days just watching Mallrats because it's it is an utterly flawed movie. Like it is, <laughs> but it is so much fun and it's grown with me. Cause I went, I, I was such a huge fan of clerks that like, I, yeah. like I saw it in the theater, Like clerks came out and I saw it in this tiny independent theater where the screen was the size of some people's televisions today. Like it wasn't very <laughs> big at all. And I liked it so much, I went to go see it like three or four times, bringing other people to see Clerks. So I was really ready to see Mallrats. And I really didn't think it was that good <laughs> when I saw it. <laughs> I thought it was a little bit of a disappointment. It was a little bit too silly and wacky for me. But um, it's really grown over the years. But that's a totally different... We should do. <laughs> we, should, we should talk about our favorite like 90s comedies or 90s movies. But you got to do a little bit of catching up. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, to, uh, to be honest, it, it would probably end up being like, ob- obviously, Wayne's World and Encino Man would make appearances. Yeah. Wayne's World, for shit. Sure. That's like Wayne's World is a movie where, like, to me, it's so. Hey, here we go. We've brought up Metallica and Wayne's World in the same episode. <laughs> there you go, folks. Peanut butter platypus to you all. Um, <laughs> so, like, when people bring up like the best comedies ever made, I'm always like, Wayne's World needs to be on that list. I don't. Yep. I, I know it's not cool maybe to put it there, but people are always going back to like, there, there's a great movie from the 50. No, no, no. Just leave movies from back then out of everything. Cause it's like, yeah. we didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously I'm not a fan of old movies. I'm really not. Like, I'm just like, you put, I, I, I you, you know what, you know, when you're, maybe you're experiencing this cause you're in your twenties. But when I was in my twenties, I remember there being, this weird thing where I felt like if I didn't like old movies and certain old albums that people wouldn't take me seriously. Like, I do understand that. Yeah. I, Cause like, I feel like there was a time where I thought to myself, am I wrong for liking X artist and not liking Y artist? you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? There's the, I mean, I think it's an important part of growing up as you question who you are and what really matters. But yeah. as I got older and older, I just got to the point where I'm all like, I don't, I don't want to watch anything made before 1960. Like, just leave all <laughs> of that shit on the floor. I, I don't, because obviously it's all very important because film started and we made advancements in filmmaking and acting and editing and all this shit. And I, I understand that they're important, but we got better. <laughs> we got better at doing shit. <laughs> And and in some cases we stopped overthinking things so much, which in my opinion is a good thing sometimes. But um, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. That's a great Phil Collins song, by the way. No more, no more. God, that's a good song. Anyway, um, I love Phil Collins. Um, Like I like legit. I know we're ending this up. We're just talking about other shit besides '96. (laughs) But I legit love Phil Collins. I don't. I don't care what anybody says. I think Phil Collins era Genesis is much better than uh, Peter Gabriel era Genesis. Ooh, Um, hot take. But that's because I'm. That's because I'm no longer in my 20s and I don't feel the need to say things like Peter Gabriel was a genius. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. It's so funny. It's so funny when like people people get so snobby. 
and they'll they'll try to apply an objective truth to something that is totally based on opinion. Yeah, uh, it, yes, it, yes. Yeah. Like that it, it's always really funny to me when someone will say you're wrong about this because <laughs> this thing that I prefer is better and it's like dude maybe it's maybe this one's for me and it's for you. No 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 no. no. Shush. I'm right. Okay. It is like, yeah. That was an Encino <laughs> man reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great movie. But yeah, but yeah, it's a, it, it is it is weird because like 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 I've said many times, I'll never tell somebody that they're wrong about how they feel about music. Yeah. But just whatever your argument is for one thing being better than the other, I'm like it falls apart immediately because it's your opinion. Like it's like like yeah. if you want to talk about something being important because it was before something else or whatever, like there, like there are there are things that I look at and I go, I get why that's important, and I'm never going to shit on it. But to be to be fair, it's just yeah. At the end of the day, we're all going to be fucking you know buried in the ground or ground up into dust one day, and it doesn't matter. So while we're yeah. here, it's just like just like what you like, and guess what? Don't like what you don't like. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> Just don't be a dick about it. That's I want that to be on my tombstone. Just you know, yeah. That's all. That's all I want. Really, when I die, I I, I want uh, um, everyone. If, if I have a funeral or whatever it is, I just want everyone to be talking to each other and be like, you know what? You know, Stephen was pretty cool, but he, he wasn't a dick. That's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> I just want people to say that I wasn't a dick. That's all I, you know. And I know that there are many people out there, probably from different parts of my life, that think that I absolutely am a dick. But you know what? It's <laughs> they're usually more awful people than I am, anyway. Yep. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just uh, like shit. I don't know where were we even going with this. We're wrapping up '96, folks. It was yeah. uh, it was an interesting year for music. Um, it was an interesting year for me because I, you know, I graduated high school and then the second half of 96, I was not going to college because I didn't want to. Eventually <laughs> I did, but um, I did not want to do that. I was uh, working and playing in bands in 1996. And so that was, there was still the dream of me making it as a rock and roller at some point. Um, but that didn't happen. And so therefore, you know, that's why I'm here with you. <laughs> <laughs> on that note um do you have anything else to add about 1996 before we get out of here uh i'd say i i don't know i i was still a fucking sperm at this point <laughs> you were, you weren't even a sperm your your dad yeah. had jerked off too many times prior that you were you were not even you were not even one of those loads you were i was a, a good late, swimmer you were a later load <laughs> speaking of load oh oh that was clever that was a good joke <laughs> i like that <laughs> um how yeah how many years in history can you make that joke <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a that's a perfect lineup i like that um, I'll try to make any joke I can. You know, it's nothing's off, nothing's <laughs> off, nothing's off limits for me, I guess. Anyway, it's so funny because you're wearing that L7 shirt, and I keep looking at the face in the in the upper part of the, right there, and I keep thinking it's Andrew Wood from Mother Love Bone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally does look like Andrew Wood. <laughs> Just, so when you when you first came on camera, I was like, oh, he's got a Mother Love Bone shirt. Wait, but that person next to him doesn't look like anybody from Mother Love Bone. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a Mother Love Bone shirt. I need one. Right anyway. into the show. Send me one. <laughs> yeah, somebody. Yeah. 
I would like a vinyl copy of the album Apple, if anyone wants to send me one. <laughs> Those uh, are yes. expensive. Um, <laughs> but I would like one one day. Um, I, I, did, did they ever re-release that as a, like a, a, and on vinyl, like on its own? I don't think they did. But I, I don't like, know. I, I know they did that, like, that big Mother Love Bone album. Uh, yeah, with know. like the EP yeah. and everything with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's a, a reissue of, of Apple, though. Because Apple is on there, like that's that's part of it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, so, so thanks thanks for sticking around for this conversation, folks. If you're still here, um, <laughs> I already blew I already <laughs> blew the peanut butter platypus earlier. But um, <laughs> for those of you who stick around through all of our weird tangents and asides and things like that, um, you're 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 very appreciated. And thank um, you very much. Those, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> and those of you who are uh, on YouTube's um, as usual, put some comments in the comments section. What were your favorite albums of 1996? Um, and then next time we are going to be back with another band discography. Um, don't, don't worry. Cause I know like I, 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 I the, the last video we did got some, uh, some feedback where some people really liked the idea of the grooved and removed. But I think, I yeah. feel like other people were just like, you got you guys got a lot more bands to do. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. true, we do. <laughs> so, and we're going to next week. We're going to get to another band. Um, and so, yeah, and it's not it's it's not like we we put a cap on it and just said, okay, we're going to do a year of cranked and ranked. You know, this is an indefinite project. You know, we're going to be doing this until my teeth fall out, I guess, and then uh, <laughs> which which may not be very long from now <laughs> <laughs> until I have to start reminding you where you are. <laughs> oh shit oh. what's that Eddie you're on a podcast right now Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember podcasts back in the day I used to do a podcast with this guy named Eddie Sparks you look kind of like him only way older <laughs> like 50 year old me is like ah no <laughs> we're still here <laughs> oh my god I don't want to get old <laughs> anyway, on that note, um, thanks for listening to uh, Cranked and Ranked. We'll be back next week with another band episode. Um, and as usual, I'm going to say goodbye to you. But the more important thing in order to take us out, we have to listen to Mr. Eddie Sparks. So, sir, as usual, please take us out. Later, dude.